0: Alright, let's take our Bibles and turn to Romans chapter number 9. We're going to be in Romans 9 and Romans chapter number 10 tonight. The theme of chapter 9 up to verse 29 was Israel's past election. And we looked at the fact that God did not fail Israel, but rather Israel failed God. And even in the midst of Israel's failure, God remained faithful. And listen, He still remains faithful to Israel. The theme of chapter 9, verse 30 uh, through 33, and chapter 10 is Israel's present rejection by the Lord. Chapter, chap, we know in chapter 9, verses 1 through 29, we saw God's sovereignty. And uh, it, it, tonight, we're going to be looking at uh, human responsibility. Israel had a, res- a responsibility, just like we have a responsibility Humans have a responsibility to God. And there are basic reasons for Israel's rejection that I want us to look at tonight that are shown here in our text. So, what were the reasons for Israel's rejection? And before we read the scripture, I want us to think about some things. First of all, Israel was blessed with the Old Testament prophets who prophesied of the coming Redeemer. This should not have been a shock when the Redeemer showed up, amen? Because all through the Old Testament, the, the, the Old Testament prophets prophesied of the coming Redeemer, the coming Messiah. The, uh, they had been given and had possession of God's law also, which was a schoolmaster to lead them to Christ, according to what Paul wrote in Galatians 3.24, And so the nation of Israel should have been eagerly expecting the arrival of the Messiah. Especially when the forerunner, the prophesied forerunner of Christ John the Baptist, uh, the voice of one crying in the wilderness came uh, preaching, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Matthew 3 verse 2 and 3. And then uh, in John one twenty nine, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world as he pointed men to Christ. So again, they should have been prepared to receive their Messiah. The Lord did his part to prepare them as a nation, but when Jesus Christ came, by and large as a nation, they rejected him. John chapter one, verse eleven says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Now understand that there was a faithful remnant in the nation that looked for his arrival. Hold your place right there where you're at. We're gonna, this, is, this is our text here, but I want you to see uh, a faithful remnant that was waiting for uh, the Lord to come. Look at Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2, and we're going to see two people mentioned here in Luke 2 uh, who were waiting on the arrival of the Messiah, Simeon and Anna. Look at uh, Luke 2, look at verse number 25. Luke two twenty five. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout. Notice this, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he's, he's eagerly anticipating uh, the Messiah. Look at verse 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Notice this, verse 32, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And then you see down in uh, verse 36, Anna says, And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. And she was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she... Coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of Him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So, these two were part of the faithful remnant that was looking for the redemption, and uh, there were others. And we know that the, also know that the Lord's disciples heeded the call to follow Jesus, at, and um, the eleven of the twelve. Uh, did so faithfully, but the nation of Israel as a whole was not ready when the Messiah came, especially uh, the leadership of the nation of Israel. Think about uh, the scribes, the Pharisees, uh, the high priest who delivered Christ over to be crucified. Uh, When we think about the scribes and the Pharisees, we we have in mind the uh, council, the seventy. The uh, sometimes called the sanhedrin, you'll not find that in the scripture, but they were known in the, in the Jewish writings as a Sanhedrin. but uh, we know them as the council. So uh, they re- rejected Christ. Now how, how can this be explained? Why did Israel reject her Messiah? Well, back in our text, look at, look at chapter number nine and verse number 30. Chapter 9, verse number 30. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. And by the way, that's the only way to get righteousness. Amen. Is get Jesus righteousness by grace through faith. You get that's the way you get it. And the Gentiles, at this point, Paul is pointing out, the Gentiles who had not followed after the righteousness of the law, is what he's speaking about there, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But verse 31, But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, and so the, the law is righteous. There's nothing wrong with the law. What's wrong with is us? <laughs> we can't follow the law. Uh, Christ fulfilled the righteousness of the law. Verse 31, But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath hath not attained to the law of righteousness. In other words, they did not live up to it. They did not live up to it, so therefore they did not have righteousness. Verse 32, Wherefore? how, How did this happen? It says, Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled... At that stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So, we see that uh, first thing tonight, we see the Jews saw their works of the law as being adequate before God. They felt like God ought to accept them based upon their works of the law. The Jews thought that they were accomplishing this pretty well, but the reality was is that they were not. <laughs> they were not. They could not. No one can please God or attain salvation by the works of the law. No one. No matter who they are. If they could, then there would have been no reason for Jesus to come. God would have just said, okay, you've got the law, live up to the law, and you, you can come be with me. But they couldn't do it. Nobody can And so, uh, understand that after the resurrection, the the book of Acts records that many Gentiles were hearing the gospel and believing the gospel and getting saved by grace through faith while most of the Jews were rejecting the gospel because Christ became a stumbling block to them. They don't want anything to do with Christ. The Jewish attitude was... I'd do it myself. It's like a little child, isn't it? I'd do it myself. But that's the way they were. So therefore, number two, so therefore the Jews did not see their need for salvation. They did not see the need for salvation. In fact, um, there in chapter 10, verse number one, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. They couldn't be saved because they didn't see the need to be saved. Understand that until a person sees their need to be saved, they'll never do what is necessary to appropriate salvation. That has already been provided by the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is how we get salvation. Now, Paul himself had been part of that Jewish crowd, remember, before the Damascus Road. Uh, so he understood the Jewish mindset when it came to opposing Christ, uh, in fact, Christ told him there on the Damascus Road as he was blinded, uh, said, told him that it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. You know? uh, the reality was that he wasn't living up to the law, and the reality was that Christ, what, what was the righteousness? He was, he did live up to the law. He was the righteousness of God that had been sent. Now, the Jews considered the Gentiles being the ones that were in need of salvation, but not themselves. The only salvation that Israel as a nation had any interest in was political salvation. They were looking for political salvation from Rome, not spiritual salvation from her sin. And I'm going to show it to you. Look at, uh, hold your place here now. I don't want you to lose Romans Nine and ten, because we're going to be right back here. But look at John, John's Gospel, chapter number six. John's Gospel, chapter number six. <clears throat> and this is uh, right at the time of the feeding of the five thousand. Uh, in fact, it's right after John six verse fourteen and fifteen. John six verse fourteen. Then those men when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, that's the feeding of the 5,000 plus, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. They were acknowledging that Jesus was the one promised uh, in the Old Testament scriptures. Verse 15, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, He departed again into a mountain himself alone. They misunderstood the prophets saying that Christ was going to be coming into the world, that Christ is going to be made a king one day, a ruler on this earth. He's going to rule for a literal 1,000 year period. Uh, That is in the future. But what they failed to see is they failed to see that he came the, the first time as a redeemer. Um, another example would be, the remember the cries of Hosanna as G, at Jesus' triumphant entry to Jerusalem. Hosanna uh, means save, we pray. Save. They were calling for, for, for Jesus to save, but what kind of salvation? They were wanting him to take the kingship as he went to the temple that day. When he didn't, it was easy to persuade the crowd to, to go along with the crucifixion. <laughs> uh, because Jesus wasn't doing what they wanted him to do. Now look at John chapter number 18. We, we see, uh, see again in John chapter number 18, and look at verse number 33. This is as Jesus stood before Pilate. <clears throat> John 18, and uh, verse number 33 says, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the King of the Jews? I mean, that was the uh, one of the accusations is that he was trying to make himself out to be a King of the Jews, that, uh, that he was at odds with the Roman rule. Jesus answered him, verse thirty four. Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. And that's when Pilate, right there in verse 38, Pilate said unto him, What is truth? <laughs> Big question. Truth truth was staring him in the face. Staring him right in the face, and he, he, didn't, he couldn't uh, figure out what truth was. Uh, look at chapter 19. John 19, look at verse number 19. Verse number 19. A Pilate wrote a title. This is Christ is on the cross now. Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. So uh, a little mistake there, great mistake actually, of figuring out who Jesus was and what Jesus was talking about. But the bottom line is they saw their works of the law as being adequate. And they didn't see the need for salvation. Now look back in our text in verse number 2 of chapter 10. Paul says here in Romans 10 verse 2, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. Is a zeal of God a good thing? It, it can be. <laughs> they have, have, a, have a zeal of God but not according to knowledge. That's what makes it not okay. Okay? There's a lot of folks today who have a zeal of God, zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They're, they're cults. Uh, a lot of the cults are that way. They have a more. They're more zealous um, than uh, a lot of uh, Christians are. But we see here that the Jews saw themselves as zealous for God. After all, listen, the Jews as a nation had. Turned from their idolatry since they returned from the Babylonian captivity. They, they worshipped and served the only true God both in the temple and in the local synagogues. And the true law was taught there too. In fact, the leadership was so zealous that they even improved the law. Now, Let's pause a minute here. How are you going to improve on what God's done? You can't, can you? But, but they basically improved the law by their own traditions and customs, making them equal to the law. Now what they did is they violated what uh, Solomon said in the book of Proverbs by adding to the word of God. Now Paul knew this well. He knew uh, because he had been zealous for the law and even for the traditions himself. Now, I'm not going to take time to turn uh, to Acts 22, verses 1 through 11. if uh, You can turn and look there later. Acts 22, verses 1 through 11, and Galatians 1, verses 13 and 14, where he talks about his zealousness for the law and their traditions. Now, the big problem was that the Jews' zeal was not based on on knowledge. Like I said, the same problem is in many religions and cults today. There are many people today who are deceived into thinking that their good works and religious deeds will save them, when in actuality those are some of the very things that are keeping them from being saved, the things that they're doing. Um, so there is no lack of sincerity, zeal, or devotion and uh, but, but listen, sincerity, zeal, and devotion can never save the soul. It's not how sincere are you. It's not how much zeal you have, it's not how devoted you are. it is do you have the truth? <laughs> Proverbs 16:25 says, "There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And Romans 3, verse 20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. The Bible is clear. So, what were the reasons for Israel's rejection? Well, they saw their works of the law as being adequate when they weren't. They didn't see the need for salvation when they needed it, and they saw themselves as zealous for God. Fourthly, we see they were very proud and, and self-righteous. They were very proud and self-righteous. Verse number 3. Romans ten three. 3 here. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now we'll see in a minute that the, the, the righteousness of God is Jesus Christ. They didn't submit to Jesus Christ. They were proud and self righteous. Israel was ignorant of God's righteousness, not because they had never been told, but because they refused to learn. They would stop their ears up. Remember them stopping their ears when Stephen was preaching? And uh, they they came at him and uh, chomped chomped with their teeth on him and and then stoned him to death. You know, just, uh, you talk about some crazies now. But there are many on this earth today who are ignorant of God's righteousness because they've never had the opportunity to hear the the truth of the gospel. But Israel's ignorance was not based on lack of opportunity. They had full opportunity to hear. Israel had many opportunities to be saved. But they were proud of their good works and their religious self-righteousness and they would not admit their sins and trust the Savior. They would not repent. They would not turn from their, their uh, trying to keep the law to get them to God uh, and, and turn to Christ. And that's what they needed to do. And they needed to repent. Turn, turn away from the works of the law and turn to Christ. They had a willful, stubborn resistance to the truth. So they would not submit to God. Ha, ha, have you ever seen somebody who uh, you, maybe they got into an argument with you and, and the truth was as plain as the nose on your face, but you could not get them to see that because they were so willfully stubborn in their resistance? Well, that's the way they were. And Paul understood this because he had been just like them before he met the Lord on the Damascus Road. Now, the last thing I want us to see is they misunderstood their own law. They misunderstood their own law there. There in verses 4 through 13, we're going to take this, <clears throat> this one step at a time here. <clears throat> Everything about Judaism pointed to the coming Messiah. Think about this now. The sacrifices, who they point to? Messiah, Jesus, right? Uh, the priesthood, it's all about Jesus. I mean the temple services, the religious festivals, the covenants, all of it was about Jesus. God's law exposed their sin and showed them their need for a Savior. Look at uh, look at verse number four. It says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Now see, um, God's law... Exposed their sin and showed them the need for a savior, it was supposed to be a signpost pointing the way to Christ. Pointing to Christ as the way because he is the way, amen. John five thirty nine, Jesus said out of his own mouth, search the scripture, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify me. I mean, these folks if you ask them of their love for the scripture, they would say, Are you crazy? We we do love the scripture. We were given the Scripture, and we, we loved the Scripture, but yet they did not, they did not uh, follow the Scripture. Instead of letting the law bring them to Christ, they worshipped the law and rejected the Savior. How backwards is that? Uh, the, the rejected the Savior who was and is their only hope. And the law could not make them righteous. And listen, it cannot make anyone righteous today. The law can only lead the sinner... Uh, to the Savior who alone can make us righteous by giving us His righteousness. He He took our sin, and uh, we can take His righteousness if we submit ourselves to Him. Christ, it says there, is the end of the law in the sense that through His death and resurrection, He has terminated the ministry of the law for those who believe. Ministry of the law... It showed us our guilt, right? <laughs> well, Christ took our death. What what did the law say was going to happen? You, you do or you die. And we couldn't do. So we were destined to die. But Christ took our death. Uh, the righteousness of the law is being fulfilled in the life of the believer now through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what... Romans chapter number eight, there a page or so back uh, there in your scripture. Romans eight verse number four, it's talking about that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the spirit, but af- uh, not not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And so uh, is God, God's Holy Spirit, Christ's Spirit in us that uh, it had, is that righteousness on our end of the spectrum. The law has ended as far as believers are concerned. The, the reign of the law for us has ended. Romans 6 verse 14 says, For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Praise God for that. Amen. Look a uh, couple other places. Again, hold your place here. We're going to be right back. Look at Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. And we're going to look at Colossians chapter number 2. If you want to go ahead and turn there too. Ephesians 2, just a few pages over, you'll find Colossians 2. Ephesians 2, verse number 14 and 15. For he, that's speaking of Christ, for he is our peace. What a wonderful thing, amen? He's our peace, who hath made both one, talking about both Jew and Gentile, we're one, we're the church, we make up the church, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. So he abolished in his flesh the enmity, uh, the the enmity that we had with the law. Do or die, we couldn't do. We were going to die, and he abolished that. Look at Colossians chapter number 2. Colossians 2, verse 13 and 14 it says here, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, notice this, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Why was it against us? Because we could not do it. Okay, Which was contrary to us. And it was still is. <laughs> and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Amen? What, what a blessing uh, that Christ is for us because he ended the reign of the law. The law was reigning over us and we were going to die because it rained. But now, Christ reigns and we live because he lives. Now, in, back in our text, in verse number 5, look at verse number 5, for Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Um, now, there in verse 5 of our text, Paul is referring here to Leviticus 18, verse 5, to prove his to his readers that the Jews did not understand their own law. and <laughs> um, uh, Moses pointed out that, the man, you know, you, if you're going to live by the law, you've got to do it all. And if you don't do it all, you're not living by the law. <laughs> and uh, that's in, found in Le- Leviticus 18.5. Now, the Jew would argue that they did obey the law. But Paul points out that they may have had an outward obedience, but they didn't believe it or obey it from the heart. That's what we see in verses six through eight. Look at verse six. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise: Say not in thine heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend up into the, uh, into uh, who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up Christ from again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, you'll find these words refer to Deuteronomy chapter number 30. Look at Deuteronomy 30 real quick. Trying to hurry here. Deuteronomy 30 verse number 11. Deuteronomy 30 and notice verse number 11. And Moses says here Deuteronomy 30 verse 11 for this commandment which I command thee this day is it is not hidden from thee neither is it far off it is not in heaven that thou shouldest say who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us or that we may hear it and do it but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. (laughs) Um, And so uh, we see Moses was basically stating that the Jews had no reason to disobey the word of God because it had been clearly explained to them and it wasn't far from them. It was there. Uh, They had possession of it. Moses urged them to receive the word in their hearts. A couple more places here in Deuteronomy. look at Deuteronomy chapter number 5. Deuteronomy chapter number 5. And verse number 28 and 29. Look at what Moses said. And the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spake unto me. And the Lord said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of, of this people which they have spoken unto thee. Therefore they have well said uh, all that they have spoken, oh that there were such an heart in them that they would, would that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. And what was the problem? The problem was a heart problem, right? Heart problem. That's what the Lord was saying in there. Look at Deuteronomy six and verse number verse number five. Deuteronomy six, verse five. Uh, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently to thy, unto thy children and thou shalt talk in them when thou sittest in thine house when thou walkest by the way when thou liest down when thou risest up I mean the Lord has given them all kinds of directions here about the word of God did they pay attention to it? Nope. Sure didn't. All huh? Um, look at uh, De- Deuteronomy 13 Deuteronomy 13 verse 3 and 4 Deuteronomy 13 verse 3 and 4 <clears throat> Thou shalt not hearken to do the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams for the Lord your God proveth you to, to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul We're talking about a false prophets So said you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. Did they do that? They did not. So we can see that the emphasis in Deuteronomy it really was on the heart, on the inner spiritual activity, the inner spiritual condition, and not the mere outward acts of obedience. The commandment or the word uh, is Christ, God's word, amen, uh, the, the gospel of Christ the, the word of faith is both available and accessible he, he makes very clear in verse 9 and 10 let's go back to our text there verse 9 and 10 and we'll be done here shortly it Said that, that, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth Confession is made unto salvation, so makes it very clear that salvation is by faith. We we believe in the heart, receive God's righteousness by that act of faith, and then confess Christ openly and without shame. Verse number eleven: For the Scripture saith, "Whosoever believeth on Him shall not be ashamed." Now Paul had already proved that there is no no difference in condemnation. Uh, all had sinned, right? Chapter number one, chapter number two, chapter number three. We 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 saw that in detail. All are sinners. All are under sin, and we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll we'll take a look at uh, what he says here in verses twelve and thirteen. As we uh, look to 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 uh, move transition from Israel's present rejection from the reasons for Israel's rejection, we'll come back and look at the remedy for. Uh, that rejection and the results of Israel's rejection next week Lord willing, amen Now, hopefully uh, you have not rejected the Lord Jesus Christ you know him and you have received him by faith and if not, that's the only way to make it to heaven you'll not make it without uh, that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for each one of us there on the cross of Christ let's pray, Father thank you to see